Yes, yes, yes. You already know what time it is. Welcome to the best 20 to 60 minutes of your life. This is The Styles Files. And as always, I'm your boy. I'm your host, Alan Styles. And welcome to another show. So, Super Bowl week, we're rolling here. A lot to get through on top of Super Bowl week. Well, you know, I'll talk about everything going on with the Patriots and Rams. Then I'll give my prediction. We got a lot with the NBA. Anthony Davis requesting a trade. Um, Got a couple movies that I've seen that I want to kind of go over. Not necessarily spoil, but, you know, just kind of review. MLB, nothing really too much happening, but... Manny Machado, Bryce Harper, we're still kind of waiting on them to figure it out. Going to talk about that a little bit. Going to talk about a new show that I'm into as well. And then I'm going to talk about my weekend. And, you know, I've been talking a lot, been ending the episodes about things that have grinded my gear. You know what I mean? Or grinds my gears, right? So I have kind of a combo compilation that I've been thinking really hard about that I want to let everybody know um, as soon as we get going here. And I'm going to end the show with that. But all right, let's get into some Super Bowl talk. So Super Bowl, it's on Sunday. Uh, I don't know wherever you're living. It's actually supposed to rain on Sunday in the Bay Area. Not sure what time yet. Hopefully it doesn't affect any of the Super Bowl festivities, if you're barbecuing outside, all that good stuff, uh, I'm going to be keeping an eye on that because everybody's in and out most of the time. And I mean, it's not my house, but you know, you feel bad if there's rain everywhere and there's water. So hopefully um, it holds off. Now, as far as the actual game, we got an idiot on our hands, folks. I'm an idiot. You're an idiot. You're an idiot. We got a hundred percent full-blown idiot. And that idiot's name is Nikel Roby Coleman. Why is he an idiot, Alan? You might ask. Well, he's an idiot because, sure, it's media. You know, um, it's media day and they have media days for the Super Bowl, things like that. But you don't call out Tom Brady, right? It doesn't matter how you say it. When the, they were, they, the Patriots have already been doing this whole underdog thing, count us out, right? So they can find the smallest thing to consider themselves an underdog. Then you're going to go ahead, you're going to get inter- interviewed, and then you're going to say, oh, you know, uh, age is taking a toll on Tom Brady. You know, um, he hasn't been slinging it the way he used to. He still slings it, but not the way he used to. What are you doing, man? Honestly, I haven't given my prediction yet. If I was going to pick the Rams, I would be switching it to the Patriots. I think I'm going to pick the Patriots anyway. But if I was going to pick the Rams, I definitely would be switching to the Patriots. I mean, that's just not something you do. Especially when you are the third string cornerback, okay? They got Marcus Peters. They got to keep to leave. I think it keeps lead one, Marcus Peters two in some type of order, but you three. I think this guy is from USC. I think he has like six starts or something like that. Like Tom Brady has more Super Bowl appearances than you have starts. Not And if you think that name sounds familiar from before this, I'll tell you why. He's the one that should have got the pass interference call against the Saints. He's that guy. So people know you 
because of a weird negative to positive play, I guess. I guess it's a good play if you didn't get flagged. So now you got some shine, right? Now you want to essentially call out Tom Brady. Of course, he walked the comments back like, you know, people blowing it out of proportion. We ain't blowing nothing out of proportion. You sound stupid. Okay? You sound real dumb. All right? And on top of that, you cover the slot, right? Most of the time you're in. There's a dude by the name of Julian Edelman. He also plays a slot. Now, I know last week it might have sounded like I was shading Julian Edelman when I said Patriots didn't have a clear-cut number one. I don't think I'm alone in thinking that, right? Again, it's not a knock on Julian Edelman or anything like that. It's just when you think of like the prototypical number one, you know, you got your Antonio Browns, your Julio Joneses, you know, your Odell Beckhams, those guys, Julian Edelman just isn't that, right? But he's a baller. Don't get me wrong. Like that guy is a baller and you got to guard that with a pissed off Tom Brady. And you know, everybody has seen that clip by now with Tom Brady and Julian Edelman, when Tom Brady is embracing him after the game, he's like, I'm too old, we're too slow, we have no skill players, and they're really buying into this. So now, on top of that, you threw more gas in the fire, and you're like, let's just see what happens. Well, I'm going to tell you what happens. You're probably going to get lit up, bruh. You're going to get lit up, and you deserve it because – I just don't understand why are you even opening your mouth? You know, like there's just rules against the Patriots. But the biggest rule is don't give them bulletin board material. Like don't give them stuff that's that they can sit back and say, oh, yeah, now they're counting us out. Nobody ever counts the Patriots out. But if they think that, right, and they all do it. I talked a little bit about this last week. But on top of that, you're going to say, And the thing is, it's not necessarily a lie, but you just don't say it, right? You just don't say it. If your mom or your girlfriend or your sister say, hey, you know, is this dress flattering? You don't say what you really want to say, even if it's true. Sometimes you just avoid it. Sometimes you just avoid it. Hey, babe, how do I look in this dress? You look great. You look great. All right? You look outstanding. Okay? Oh, how's Tom Brady doing? You know, this year, what do you think about facing him? He is the best. I've never seen a better quarterback. He looks better than he did when he was 25. That's what I would have said. That's what I would have said. But you out here, third stringing, okay? About two more bad plays from being out the league, okay? And you coming at Brady? I feel like, I feel like Soldier Boy, like, Like, Coleman? Coleman? Like, you coming at Brady and you Coleman? Drake? (laughs) Drake? Come on, man. Like, and where are the Rams? Like, if I'm on the Rams team, I'm lighting them up. I'm like, bro, you just cost us a Super Bowl. You literally just cost us a Super Bowl. Like, you think it's a game? Do you think it's a game? Like, the Patriots do this, man. They do this. Okay? So I would be really surprised if the Patriots lost now because that's just not what you do. And then you saw when they tried to ask Tom about it and he was just like, I got nothing to add. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You done poked the beast? Nah. Okay. 
So, look, man, I'm just upset with the guy because he kind of ruined the Super Bowl for me. You know, I thought that it was going to be a great game. And, um, you know, he just he just dug his own grave and dug the Rams' own grave. You know, you got Sean McVay looking looking outstanding all the time, remembering every single play, doesn't matter. Coleman, dug your grave. You know, you got Todd Gurley continuing to say he's fine. He might he might have been about to break out, doesn't matter. Coleman dug your grave. I mean, I would be extremely surprised if the Patriots lost, man. And I would have been surprised before. But then I look up this guy, you know, Nikel Roby Coleman. Okay. Uh, of course, he went to USC. That's why he is, you know, sounds a little entitled, like a little bit better than he is. Like, that's just standard operations. No shade, you know, fight on, whatever. Um, sixth season, okay. 5'8", 180, that's essentially me, okay? So, you know, he's got kind of the, I got a chip on my shoulder, people count me out because I'm undersized thing. And that's cool, man. I'm all about it. Keep it about you. Like, you know what it should have been about? It should have been about, you know what? People think I'm out here like we don't deserve to be here and I kind of feel responsible because of the play, even though it didn't get flagged. I'm coming out here, I'm going to keep my mouth shut and I'm going to shut down Julian Edelman. Now, would I would have done that? I got a big mouth, but I even I am smart enough to not come at Tom Brady. I might have said some stupid stuff, but I would not have come at Tom Brady. So that was just a bad look. Okay, but when you look at the X's and O's, it's very simple, right? Um, Coleman, whatever the case may be, I'm half joking, half serious, right? But when you really actually look at the teams, it comes down to, and you know, I'm sure all the other sports talking heads are are saying the same thing. Comes down to pressure. Like when Tom Brady, just like any quarterback, really, like I love how people say that about Brady. Like, well, when you get pressure on him, he's not the same guy. Well, who is the same guy? Like Patrick Mahomes? Like, like he's like the only person, right? Who is the same guy? Like, sure, if you get pressure on a quarterback, especially if they're not mobile, they're going to have a harder time. But you got to get there. I'm pretty sure that's been the game plan for a lot of people. Everyone's like, you know, Patriots haven't been blitzing. You know why they're not blitzing? Because of White, because of the running back White, who Brady can just dump it off to, and then ding, 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 he's gone. So you can't just blitz every, in theory, sure, blitz, blitz, blitz. If the Rams, just like the Giants did when they beat them those years ago, if the Rams can get pressure, okay, without having to blitz, now we got some action, right? Now, as long as Coleman doesn't get smoked, now we got some action, all right? But this idea that just blitz, <laughs> just blitz, right? It's like, oh, it's simple. Why did I, th- like, the coaches are probably like, why didn't I think of that? I should have been blitzing. Chargers, should have been blitzing. Chiefs, should have been blitzing. It's not that simple, man. It's not that simple. The Patriots have an answer for everything, everything. But if they are able to do it, that will make um, the game way more compelling. I'm really interested I think nobody really knows what the Rams are going to do um on offense right with uh the way Gurley has been not showing up uh you know and just how Goff has these shaky starts and then he figures it out the thing is you can't figure it out after it's 14 to nothing right like you can but the Patriots ain't giving up that lead you know, or it's very rare that they give up a lead like that. So it's going to be, you know, 
those jitters, those first Super Bowl jitters are going to have to get out real quick. You know, you got to go zero to 100. But if he is able to do that, like if I'm if I'm Sean McVay, I might come out first play on offense, play action, just chuck it and just get it out early. Right. Like, hey, golf, you know, find Brandon Cooks and just run. He's just going to run as far as he can. Shout out to Brandon Cooks, by the way. Um, I saw a good story. He bought, uh, I can't remember what exactly the worker does for the Rams, but he basically bought tickets to the Super Bowl for the worker and his son or basically his family. And those tickets aren't cheap. You know, I heard um, a buddy of mine at the gym say that his friend cashed out 2400 per ticket. So my next question was, well, what the hell does your friend do? (laughs) You know, um, that's crazy. But, you know, shout out to Brandon Cooks for showing love to people that help him, you know, uh, on a daily basis and definitely, you know, wouldn't have gotten that opportunity um, without him extending his hand. So shout out there. But, yeah, man, um, I think those are kind of the keys uh, to give my official prediction I'm going to say the Patriots because I'm just done. Like, I'm one of those guys, like, I'm going to say the Patriots to just hope that I'm jinxing them, to just hope that they lose, you know, but I'm not, I'm, I told you a long time ago, I'm done betting against the Patriots. It's just, it makes me upset. I got high blood pressure. I don't need it higher. I just go in with extremely low expectations and expect them to win. All right. Time for some NBA talk. Not sure if you heard, but Anthony the Brow Davis requested a trade. So essentially, I think how this plays out is he's just letting the Pelicans know, hey, I'm not going to resign. So and uh, the way I understand it is the Lakers have a couple days. I mean, something could break between me recording this and um, actually putting it on the podcast, putting it on the RSS feed. And now so if this seems a little old by the time you guys are listening, I apologize. But as of now. Anthony Davis has not gone anywhere, and apparently the reason he decided to say it now is because it gives the Lakers a couple days to be in the best position. Uh, I guess the Celtics are out because of their connection, how they acquired Kyrie, so it gives the Lakers a couple days to literally figure out how they're going to offer the Pelicans this trade. And they believe, obviously, once Anthony Davis is with the Lakers, he ain't going to leave. You know, so really not too much to say there. You know, Sports Center is doing a bunch of like, you know, those trade generators. And it's like, it, okay, it was like funny, like for the first couple. Then they're doing like the Clippers and, you know, the Rappers, a bunch of different teams. I'm like, dude, like, uh, what, what are we doing here? You know what I mean? It, it, it was a little like the first two were funny. The third, you know, and it was like at a random time. They're like talking about like football or something. They're like, we're back to the Anthony Davis trade game you know it's like that's the one thing like sports center has always been awful at like their transitions are just garbage like complete garbage they're like and next this cool dog walking its owner it's like what we were just talking about bryce harper (laughs) you know what i mean like they got to work on their transitions but anyway um yeah so we'll see what happens of course uh adrian wojanowski from espn said and there's a bunch of ifs they're like if sources say if Anthony Davis goes to the Lakers and if the Warriors don't offer Klay Thompson the max, his attention would turn to the Los Angeles Lakers. It's like, that's a lot of ifs, man. Like, if I was 6'5", 
then I might be in the NBA. Like, come on, man. Like, what, what are we doing with the – it's just and, – and I don't even know, like, Kim, and I know Woj is a very, very credible source, but Clay doesn't strike me as the type of person to say something like that. And I don't even know if Clay has a camp. Like, I think his camp is just like Rocco. Like, you get the information to Rocco, Rocco's like, whoa, whoa, we're going to leave if you don't give us the money. Whoa, whoa. Like, come on. Like, I just need some more information. Like, people are just throwing random stuff out there. And maybe – Clay, this is a little bit of a flex to be like, look, you guys are paying a lot of attention to Durant. I know you want to take care of him, but you got to take care of me first. Like, I still feel like I deserve a max. Now, Warriors will just take the, um, you know, uh, the tax hit from paying everybody. I, I believe that's their plan. Because I'm going to tell you right now, the Warriors ain't opening that Chase Center without the Splash Brothers. Like, they're just not. Like, even if that means losing Durant. You know what I mean? It's still a business. And when you think about the fans and the people that are going to these games, even if Durant is a better basketball player, you're not you're not getting rid of Clay or you're not letting Clay walk when you're about to open that new stadium cuz that's going to be a bunch of pissed off fans. I'm telling you and I told and I've said this before when we went to the parade. At like Steph, Clay, then Draymond, right? Like those two, the Splash Brothers, that's kind of where this whole thing started. There's no way they're letting them walk. Like, it's 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 just ridiculous the amount of love that the fans have for these guys, especially the true fans that were there, you know, um, from the beginning. And for everybody who, you know, is like, well, all Warriors fans are all Warriors fans are bandwagon, blah, 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 blah. I've had my conversations about bandwagon before. I also wanted to say that there's also a Twitter uh, account that's called This Day and Warriors Suck, which for Real Deal Warrior fans is really funny because basically it just is a reminder that the Warriors were awful. <laughs> like, I think the last tweet I saw from them was uh, something after they announced the All-Stars was, This Day and Warriors Suck, the, like, whatever, 1990-whatever draft, no Warriors were selected to the All-Star team. You know, so it's just funny stuff like that. But yeah, back to Anthony Davis. You know, I think I, I don't think the Lakers have enough. You know, you talk about Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, Lonzo Ball. People are like, they need to give the house. Well, who are they going to play with? Who are they going to play with? They give the house. They can pull up some G League guys. Like the idea that LeBron and Anthony Davis are enough to just pull along. And I guess they're saying, oh, we'll get somebody else. But them right now, for who they're going to have to give up, what are they? I mean, a four seed? LeBron's not even healthy. And I'm telling you, I pulled my groin like two or three years ago. And that is really like my fear because I ride whatever – when I like go snowboarding, snowboarding, whatever leg is first for your left leg, what is that? I think it's regular, you know. Um, whatever it is to use your right foot to pull it forward to stop, I'm still scared it's, I'm going to mess it up again. Like I still do hardcore groin workouts before I play basketball. And it's been like three years. So this is no joke. I was really surprised Steph came back. Clearly, it was much milder than LeBron. So this idea that LeBron and Anthony Davis are enough is kind of wild. It's kind of wild to me. Um, they got to get somebody else for sure, especially if KD stays with the Warriors and the Warriors are the same team. So that is all really interesting as well. All right, taking a break from sports for a second. Want to talk about a couple movies I saw. The first movie I saw was Glass. 
So for those who don't know, Glass came out. Uh, it's like a weird end of a trilogy for two movies that I don't know that a lot of people thought were connected until the very end. First movie was Unbreakable with Bruce Willis, basically the movie where there's a big train wreck. And there might be some spoilers. They might slip out. So I'm um, just warning you now, if you do plan on seeing it, uh, probably probably skip forward. <laughs> um, but basically, Bruce Willis in the train wreck. I'm talking about spoiler alerts for Glass, not Unbreakable. If you haven't seen Unbreakable by now, it was like came out in the 90s. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, Bruce Willis is in a train wreck, and he everybody else dies, I believe, and he is the only one living. So it turns out he can't die unless he drowns. Like, that's the only way he can die. Then, uh, a couple years ago, they came out with Split. Split is this guy who's got like 20 personalities or something like that. Um, everybody, I forget his name. I literally just watched him on Saturday Night Live uh, a couple days ago. But basically, he's got a bunch of personalities, and one is like the Beast. And the Beast is like actually not human, and he can like crawl walls, and like he's like super yoked and stuff. And basically, for those of you who didn't see the movie, it's like three girls and eventually they get free, something like that. So basically, so he is like another superhuman, whatever you want to call it. So now in this movie Glass, you have Samuel L. Jackson, who like has an extremely high IQ, but He's like super fragile. That's why I believe his name is Glass. Like if he falls, he'll like break a bone. Like literally, like he's in a wheelchair. Somebody like touches him too hard, like he'll break a bone. He's got like all these broken bones. But he's a genius. And he has like this belief that he has this belief that he wants uh, Bruce Willis to fight Split. And like that's his thing. He's like, I'm in the comic books and, um, you know, I want you guys to fight. Pretty much. So he like sets it up. All three of them are in like a facility um, to figure out what is wrong with them, uh, pretty much. And Sarah Paulson is the, I guess, the doctor or the mediator. And she's like, you know, you guys think you have these abilities, but there's no such thing as superheroes. And it's like, okay. And they're trying to teach him. And Samuel L. Jackson like isn't saying anything. And it's just like funny because sidebar I don't even know what we're doing with Samuel L. Jackson like as far as is he a good actor is he a bad actor like I feel like he's a good actor but you know he does a bunch of stinkers so it's like what you know it's like oh you were good in Django but you did stinks on a plane you know what I mean like I, I don't know I don't know but um so throughout the movie he's like not really talking then he like unleashes his plan and he's like well, I'm getting both of you out and he sets it up so essentially they fight and uh, spoiler alert, it turns out that uh, Sarah Paulson works for this secret organization that knows that they're superheroes, um, but it's like trying to keep it under wraps. And then like the very end, like the, these people that are connected to Split and uh, Unbreakable, you know, they find out and then they like release the tape to the world. But it's super weird because Unbreakable has his son. And I'm pretty sure it's the son from Unbreakable, which was pretty cool. But, or at least that's how they showed it in the movie. But, um, you know, he's like, Dad, I know you're a superhero. You know, he's an adult now, so he doesn't talk like that. But, uh, he, you know, so he's like coming to visit. And then, but Split has like a girl that he kidnapped, but he let go. And for some reason, she's like, I know there's like good within you or something really 
random and weird. They have a weird relationship. And then, of course, Glass, Samuel L. Jackson has his mom. So they're like following them around like during the fight and like trying to keep up with them. Then at the very end, they find out the footage that like Sarah Paulson, like Glass had this secret plan to hide like the videotapes of the fight. So then the family members find it and like release it to the world. And that's how it ends. And it was just kind of weird. Like for me, any movie or superhero movie that isn't connected to like a comic is just tough to pull off, you know, and they didn't really pull it off for as good as split was glass was pretty garbage. It didn't, it also didn't help that of course I saw it in Oakland and you know, you got split just huffing and puffing like all yoke, like at a very serious scene, like, and then you just see like, and then you just hear like some girl in the background, like, Oh hell no, he gonna kill y'all. So, you know, I might have to see it again. It might make it a little bit more serious, but um, yeah. It, I don't think it's make it that much better, but it didn't help. You know, he's like, I'm going to kill all of you. She's like, oh, you got to get up out of that. Y'all tripping. You know, so it probably took away from it a little bit. Um, so there's that. Give it, a, I mean, out of 10, I don't know, six, six and a half, right? Just because it wasn't awful, but I mean, you know, we had a gift card, so I also didn't have to pay. Um, okay. Next one though, completely different swag. Blind spotting. So blind spotting movie based in Oakland. And basically it's a story of two guys, a black guy and a white guy. The black guy just got out of prison and they tell you why throughout the movie. And basically they just work for a moving business and they just trying to make it through life in Oakland. And essentially the black guy is trying to do good, you know, in his life and be better. But his friend who is white is just out of pocket. Like, you know, just always doing crazy stuff. And the black guy gets caught up in it a lot of times. Now, when he went to prison, don't get me wrong, that one was his fault. I'm not going to say why, because I really think people should watch this movie. Um, And then when he gets out, you know, the white guy is just like, hey, it's business as usual. You know, the black guy is trying to be on the straight and narrow. Um, While this is all going on, one of the nights where the black guy is still on probation, he sees somebody get shot by a police officer. And that comes around full circle at the end of the movie again not going to spoil it but what i will say it is it is super interesting to see different perspectives of how one race feels and another race feels and when they combine and i thought it was really cool how they mix in the gentrification aspect of what's going on in oakland and it was super spot on like i live in oakland and people you know if somebody said, hey, you're actually contributing to the gentrification, I couldn't say they were wrong. You know, I grew up in Concord, so, and I work in the city, so, and I can't afford to live in the city, so here we are, but that's what happens for everybody. Um, But it was, everything was super spot on. I thought that they did Oakland justice for, you know, how they kind of spoke and things like that. And it's a good movie, man. Definitely check it out. I'm giving that bad boy an eight and a half. Um, really want to give it a nine, to be honest, but can't just be throwing nines around. But you know what? I'll give it a nine. Uh, definitely got to check it out. Uh, yeah. So next, want to talk about a sport that nobody's really been talking about right now. That's MLB, Major League Baseball. I have a couple gripes with MLB right now. First gripe is, look, man, I know you can't control when people sign, right free agency 
But leave it to Major League Baseball to botch any excitement that they had going into the new season, right? Like Manny Machado and Bryce Harper still have to sign. But the way that the NBA, you know, handles free agency and everything is like, whoa, it's hot, it's hot. What's going on? What's going on? Like a source says what? Like literally what I just said with like Anthony Davis to all the way, they, they figure out things all the way to Clay Thompson, right? And I follow Bleacher Report, MLB and things like that. And there's just nothing, you know, there's just nothing. And it's like, of course, like nobody cares anymore. Nobody cares. There was this rumor early in the week that Bryce was going to sign with the Phillies again. By the time I put this podcast out, they, that may have well have happened, but it was said to have happened Yesterday, or like MLB The Show, you know, that video game posted something. Nothing happened. And it's just like, of course, the MLB finds a way to botch free agency. There's, you know, it, it just doesn't surprise me at all. But I have another gripe with MLB. And I don't know if everybody, as far as the other teams, actually said anything. But Martin Luther King Jr. Day was a week ago. Or maybe, yeah, a week ago, maybe a little over a week ago. And something that really upset me as a Giants fan, and I tweeted at them, was I'm watching, or I'm on Twitter, right, because I'm not working uh, that Monday. I see the Giants on MLK Day post something about Buster Posey hugs. Happy National Hug Day. Happy National Hug Day. Hug day. I did a double take. I did a triple take. I went to the profile. I said, okay, maybe they already said something about MLK. Nothing. I said, okay, maybe they'll post something later. I stopped checking after about three or, you know, three or four. I saw nothing. The disrespect and the, I tweeted at them. I think I tweeted at them twice. I responded to the tweet and then I tweeted at them organically because it just shows how out of touch Major League Baseball is to pull something like that. And I am a diehard baseball fan and I'm a diehard Giants fan. That's why it hurts so much. No acknowledgement, nothing. You're going to post about a made up holiday? Not even a holiday? National Hug Day? On Martin Luther King Jr. Day, the disrespect was crazy, man. Obviously, I'm a Giants fan, and that's not going to change, but that was a bad look to me. Luckily, nobody gives a hell about the Giants right now, so they're fine, but it was bad, man. It was bad. Like no, I feel like no other sport besides maybe hockey would do something like that, and even hockey knows that they're so out of touch, they're trying to get back in touch, so they probably would say something. But Major League Baseball, you don't say anything? San San Francisco Giants, I'm recording right across from the stadium right now. You say nothing. Really. You got to do better, man. You got to do better. Okay. Switching gears now, back to some TV. I have a new show. I have a new show that I got into this Sunday. And that show is very unique. It is called Dead by Dawn. And it's on National Geographic, and it is by the creators of The Walking Dead. It is outstanding. Essentially, they got a guy with like a really deep voice. And as far as this episode, they were in like 
somewhere in the deep south, like in the murky mudlands of the deep south. And it's basically, he's got this low voice and he's, it's basically your, your show where animals are eating animals, but it's done in a fashion of like, these are characters, right? And it's like, oh, you know, the protagonist is eating an antagonist. Then the antagonist turns into the protagonist, gets eaten by a different antagonist. And it's great. Like the guy has a super low voice. He's like, deep in the South, only the strong survive the night. This is dead by dawn. And it is amazing. Now I'll say this. I wasn't sober, right? I was on a legal substance in California that made things extremely in-depth and interesting. That's all I'm going to say. But it was great, man. I mean, we had we had fish being eaten by crawdads. And then, you know, we have like eels and alligators showing up. They're like, but, but who's here now? And who just shows up? The American crocodile. It's like, boom, 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 boom. And he's just wilding everywhere. But you got to check out the show. I believe it comes on on Sundays. I have another one recorded, and I cannot wait to watch. So I had to tell everyone about that. So to end today's show, you know, like I said, man, I um, a lot of things in 2019 been grinding my gears. A lot has been geared around dogs, <laughs> and this is no different. So I got a story, and then I got kind of something that has led me into much deeper feelings that I've had, and now I've been able to organize them. So me and my lovely girlfriend decide to take a hike, right? And we're not very outdoorsy, but I said, you know what? Let's do something different. No football was on, so I was like, hey, um, no real excuse to day fade. Let's be sober until 3 o'clock, right? Um, Don't judge me. So we go on this hike. You know, I think we only hiked about two miles, maybe, two and a half miles. But beautiful volcanic preserve, Sibley, um... In Orinda, it was a recommendation from one, from a coworker, and it was really nice, really nice for the, you know, I think we probably did an eighth of the actual um, preserve, but hey, you got to start somewhere. You know what wasn't nice? So we go in, you know, we're, you know, we're hiking, and we said, hey, we're going to do lunch. You know, we're going to do lunch uh, somewhere. I'm sure there's a picnic table, you know, along the trail. Sidebar, we had Safeway sandwiches for lunch. And Safeway's a great deal. I mean, $6.99, and their sandwiches are phenomenal. I mean, especially in the city, $6.99 for a sandwich. I mean, you can't beat it. Anyway, so we got our sandwiches packed. You know, um, may have had a little bit of alcohol, a little bit of Faderade, you know what I mean? Makes the hike go a little smoother. And we're having a great time, man. So the one thing that you notice the whole time on hikes is just, it's like dogs and kids. Like, we were probably one of the only groups there that didn't have kids or a dog or both and they're not on the leash and there's a sign that says dogs are free to not be on leash if behave if they behave at all times all times okay so i'm like ah here we go but nothing happened you know to start we're hiking all that good stuff couple dogs come up to you whatever so we sit down, we find a bench. We didn't find a you know full picnic table. We find a bench and you can kind of see, you can see people coming, you know, along the trail and they can see you, right? I don't know if they could have seen us eating, but they definitely saw us there because we were basically at like 15 feet 
a separate like little side trail like 15 feet off that it was like a little skinnier you know like on a separate hill that led to the bench which had a really nice view so we pull out the sandwiches we're like "Mm, yeah so hungry so you know see i think it was three people and a dog coming and you know the dog's running ahead and we can see them and i'm sure they can see us and the dog keeps coming and we're like oh shoot like hopefully it doesn't make this left like i'm sure the owners will call it at some point owners don't call it it makes the left it keeps coming it keeps coming we're like okay well you know, we're like 15 feet off. Hopefully, you know, it doesn't come to the bench. Comes to the bench. Comes to the bench. And turns out this little golden retriever was muddy as well. And it was muddy and it felt like it wanted to put its mouth on my Safeway sandwich. You know what the owners did? They didn't do a damn thing. They didn't say anything. So they come over or the dog comes over. It's sniffing, sniffing, sniffing. I'm looking at my girlfriend because she's a dog person. I'm like, look, I like cats. Like, I don't know how you handle like not well-behaved dogs. Like, can we push it? Like, you know, we're we're right off a hill. I don't want to push it down the hill. But I also don't want it eating my chicken tender sandwich, you know, with my pepperoncinis, my pickles, you know, and my spicy brown mustard. Okay. I paid for that. All right. So she's like, no, no to the dog. And then she turns to the owners and she says, Hey, uh, we're eating. And as she's saying that, the owner says, sorry. If she said sorry or if the dog's name was Toby or Cody or Roby, you know, I don't know. So she says, you know, sorry, Toby, sorry. And now I already have mud on my leg. It put its mouth on my leg. I don't know what, what type of mud it was in. You know your dog's muddy. Call your dog over. Even if you, even if we weren't eating, call your dog. Sorry, Toby doesn't say anything else. The dog is still there. I look at her. I'm like, you're going to come get it. Like (laughs) you're going to come get your damn dog. As, as I'm saying that, I don't know if she called it or whatever, but it left, it left with its mud residue on my knee. I had to go home, shower immediately. Luckily, I was already going to shower, you know, and luckily it didn't get its dirty mouth on my food or on our food, but it's ridiculous. So what did that lead me to? It led me to, there's a couple things in life that people just assume everybody else likes. Well, what are those things, Alan? Well, I'm going to tell you. There's three things, okay? People that love these things or have these things, assume everybody else loves them. What are these things? People love dogs. They think everybody loves dogs. People love kids, little kids. They think everybody loves little kids. And people love cheese. They people think everybody loves cheese. Whenever you turn on Food Network, you know, Travel Channel, yeah, we're gonna put a bunch of cheese on it because everybody loves cheese. No, I don't. I don't love cheese. I love a little sprinkle, a nice change of texture. It makes it creamy, but you don't have to lather the whole thing with cheese. Now I have to say no cheese because I don't wanna be that person at the restaurant that says, oh, can I get light cheese? Come on, man. Not everybody likes a bunch of cheese thrown everywhere. Just put a sprinkle. Just put a sprinkle. I wanna taste the food, okay? Cheese. People love they're kids. Kid comes up, you know, rubs their 
leg or get, you know, they're laughing, they're playing, they run into you, that mom or dad is like, sorry, with that smile on the face, like, sorry, but isn't he cute? And then you say, it's fine with your smile, like your kid ain't cute for nothing. It ain't that cute. Okay. And it's not fine, but I got to say it's fine. So people don't think I'm an asshole. Okay. Sorry. Little Jimmy's just crazy, man. I'm sorry. Isn't he cute though? No. And people love dogs. They did not call their dog over because they're like, oh, Lassie can go over there. Everybody loves dogs. I don't love dogs. Little do they know, I just did a segment two weeks ago about how dogs are overrated. They have no clue, but they just assume everybody loves dogs. Oh, everyone loves a little mud. They're hiking. I'm not rolling in the mud. I'm not a pig. I'm not a dog. I'm not Lassie. Even if they didn't think we were eating food, call your dog. Now you're making me dislike the dogs when really it's your fault. You're the owner. You're the owner. <laughs> Sorry, Toby. Get the hell out of here with that, man. Take Toby, get the hell on. Terrible owners, man. But I'm tired. These three things, it's like the holy trinity of things people assume everybody else loves. Dogs, kids, and cheese, man. And you know what? I'm not a huge fan of any of them. Maybe kids when they're not annoying. And maybe dogs when they have good owners. And cheese, just a sprinkle. But don't assume everybody loves them, all right? Don't assume. Because you know what assuming does. It makes an ass out of you and me. Thank you for listening, everybody. Great show. Really excited for the Super Bowl. Hope that rain holds up wherever you are. And if you're in those Midwest areas, that freezing cold temperature, stay warm, stay safe. I got family in Chicago. Stay warm out there. Keep two-stepping inside. That'll keep you warm. Everybody have a good weekend. And until next time, this has been The Styles Files. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at the underscore Styles Files. Styles with an I. And until next time, you already know what it is. Be safe, be well, be wise. Peace.